are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Eagles postgame show. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Sunday edition of the podcast alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. The Eagles drop their first game in Washington to the Washington football team, 27-17. to They were up 17 to nothing. Gino, in the first half, everything seemed like it was rolling. Carson Wentz is moving the football down the field to Jalen Rager, making it a beautiful touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard. He's moving around outside the pocket. He's comfortable. Even with Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig out there, he looked like 2017 Carson Wentz. The defense locking down on the defensive front. Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay is erasing Terry McLaurin. Everything is going perfectly. I was gonna I was prepared to start this podcast by saying with all of the injuries that they were suffering heading into this game alone, no Lane Johnson, no Miles Sanders, no Javon Hargrave, Elshon Jeffrey, the list goes on and on and on. I was gonna say you come away with a win playing like that. Holy cow, you couldn't have asked for anything better. And instead, I start this podcast by saying that couldn't have gone any worse, and not just because they blew a 17 to nothing lead and allowed 27 unanswered points by this Washington team that didn't win that football game. Philadelphia lost it, but not only just that they lost the game and they blew a three score lead, but it's the way they did it. It's the injuries that were suffered, and you just ask yourself, Gino. What team, and the Eagles have been this team for two years now that have overcome impossible injury obstacles, actually three years. But you look now at what the core of this team is, and it's the offensive line and it's the defensive line, and they're down to four players on each side. Jack Driscoll gets hurt today, so you got Jordan Maialata playing right tackle, Brandon Graham goes down, so does Vinny Curry. Gino, we can get into Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and why this team blew the win, because regardless of injuries, they should have won this football game, but we have to start with the injuries like we always do ever since me and you took over this podcast. Maybe it's our fault, but they just can't, there's no team, you can't ask a team to do this every single year and expect them to start fast and not have to be in a 6-7 and seven type situation and win out and need help. And it's just, it continues for now the fourth year, and it's, I don't know what else to say, it's mentally draining. We're off to a slow start again. I mean, I thought we erased it with the early 17 nothing lead, right. but we kind of flipped the script from last season that we were up 7, or we were down 17 nothing rather and came back. But right. you're right, man. I mean, you look at that Washington defensive line and, Hats off to them today. They played their absolute butt off. It's so hard to overcome an offensive line that your left tackle was playing right guard less than a week ago, and you have two guys that barely played any snaps. And I I had this intuition when I saw the alert that Lane Johnson wasn't playing today that we could have that Big V and Winston Justice type game that we've seen that's before. That's what happened, man. Carson Wentz, and that's what happened. I mean, times. say what you want about Carson Wentz. People are going to hate him. They're going to continue to hate him and hate on him all you want. Like, but they were up seventeen nothing because Wentz pitched pitched an absolute fantastic first two quarters. Besides that last drive, second quarter. I mean, what more do you want him to do when the when your running game 
is averaging 3.4 yards a carry. Mm -hmm. And without Wentz's two yards per carry, they're close to three yards a carry. Wentz literally had to do it all today. He had no time to get the ball off on that right side of the line. Doug Peterson did him no favors. How many slants did they run? I mean, how many times did they get it out quick? I was waiting to see that Doug Peterson bubble screen that we see every single year, and we didn't see it. And, I mean, put it on Carson all you want with him holding onto the ball sometimes too long. We know that. But did you not see the play he had on third and 22 to get the ball to Jalen Rager and push the ball down the field? And that play early on to Deshaun. And those couple bombs that late in the first half, they didn't connect, but still they're giving their guys a chance to push the ball down the field. And we know who Carson is in those situations, that when players are hurt, he's going to press the football down the field. We know it. We've seen it so many different times. The defense has to make a stop late. You can't – I mean – even when the game is almost over and it's fourth down and four and you get called for offsides, like, here we go again with Jim Schwartz <laughs> letting a team back into a game. Like, sure, where's the yeah. blame on Jim Schwartz? Where's no, I, the adjusting on his behalf? Right, and that's like, why we I, need to We need to call it even across the board if we're going to put blame on both the offense and defense, for yeah, sure. absolutely. I don't want to just blame injuries, but a reason they've been able to overcome a lot of injuries over the past couple years, though, is that they've still had their offensive line intact. So Carson Wentz, right. he can make things work with Greg Ward and Deontay Burnett and Joshua Perkins, whereas you see now the Eagles finally, I mean, for a decade, maybe even longer, really in in the entire uh, 2000s, they've had very little issues on the offensive line. And today you saw when you go up against a defensive line that deep with Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen um, and Matt Ioannidis, I mean, you're like, what do you expect? Of course, you're going to get sacked eight times when, and, and especially right. the play call. That's why I don't want to just blame the the injuries, though, because they still should have won this football game. They were on right. fire. I wanted to talk about Jalen Rager and how he should have had not only that 55-yard reception, but another deep touchdown at the end of the half and how Dallas Goddard looked incredible, like the tight end that's going to make the Eagles not want to pay Zach Ertz. And Malik Jackson's wrecking the ball game. And Darius Slay is shadowing Terry McLaurin and just erasing him off the map and yet we have to talk about this utter collapse and yes it's the injuries and they just won't stop but it's also I mean you look at Doug Peterson and you made a great point I mean you know Carson Wentz in the way he sits in the pocket he's not somebody that really likes to move his feet a whole lot he likes to stand there stick his foot in the ground and push the ball down the field so what do you got to do in that situation when you're offensive line is that bad you got to get him on the move you got to get him outside like you said you've got to get the ball out quicker and there was no creativity to the play calling whatsoever no motions use some jet sweeps with Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager stop using that stupid Mm -hmm. tight end screen to Dallas Goddard on every single damn second and long and so that's what's frustrating is yeah the injuries are just too much to overcome but Doug Peterson blew this the defense was incredible and then in the second half like they always do they blow a lead they gave you a 17 point lead against Washington you've got to finish that Jim Schwartz you've got to and the same and look with Carson Wentz yeah obviously he had to deal with a lot today and he started off on fire he started off 14 of 17 for 182 yards and two touchdowns but what I will say Gino is Yeah, like you said, when this team is injured, he's going to press. But 
There's times he's got to know, and I'm never going to ask Carson Wentz to not be aggressive. That's who he is. That's who I want him to be. But he's also got to know the situations at time. And when you're up 17 to nothing, you also can't, and you know the offensive line is like this. Yeah, sometimes it's on the play calling, but also you got to get the ball out quicker. And when you get sacked, you can't keep fumbling. I mean, this is now mm-hmm. year five of where Carson Wentz puts the football on the ground. So I think the blame goes all around. I don't want, I'm not going to be uh, that, that clickbaiter that's just going after number 11 because it was on a lot of other people today. But Carson Wentz, too, he got really cold after that hot start. And it was just an overall utter collapse, you know. It was just, it was a disaster. It, it could not have ended worse. I mean, I couldn't have scripted it worse. Totally. I mean, the thing with Carson holding the ball too long is you're right. Like you have to blame Doug Peterson to an extent because oh, sure. you're not working those quick hitch routes. You're not working those quick slant routes. It's like, look at the plays that he fumbled the ball on. He's waiting to push the ball down the field, which we applaud him in doing and we want him to do. And we've seen him just check it down for the last two seasons. And we don't want that. But at no, the but same, I will say though, Gino, like you have to find the... that happy medium. Like you yeah, for sure right, right, right. do, and and he hasn't. And I I, I want to look at the two interceptions to be to to just take a quick look into what he was doing. I feel on both of those that there's a blame to go around to the wide receivers as well. You're you're throwing to two rookie wide receivers who mm-hmm. still are working out the quirks of their game their games. And I believe on the one to Jalen Rager, Jalen should have put, came back to the ball more. Should oh, have, same with Hightower, right? by the way. I same mean, Hightower, Hightower didn't Hightower, come back like, either. Yeah, You can't fully put the blame on Carson because he's had a guy like Alshon the past two years who plays those balls perfectly and Zach Ertz who plays those balls perfectly. And we need to talk about Zach Ertz being a liability yeah, in the what fourth quarter. What a terrible drop on fourth and three. multiple games he has done this mm-hmm. where he has been in a big spot, I mean, outside of the Super Bowl, couple times against Dallas he did it where he went short of the sticks. Today on that fourth down drop, I thought that was a perfect ball from Wentz to get it out in front mm-hmm. of out in front of Ertz and put him in a position to get some yards after the catch. Man, I mean, Zach, like, it, I, everything that was happening before this game, like, I didn't like going into it. You know, like, with Lane Johnson, all of a sudden he's playing, and then he's not, and then... All of a sudden, Zach Ertz is getting into an argument with Howie Roseman on the practice field. Like, we need to focus on the Washington football team, and I don't think that's what it was today. And I think they got very big for their britches, and it's unfortunate. I mean, you're up 17 nothing. You have to get at least one stop out of the defense here, one score from the offense, and I don't know, man. I, I, I just think there's so much blame to go around. Yeah. But I think 11 is going to take a lot of the brunt, unfortunately. Well, yeah, and that just comes with the territory of being not only a quarterback in the NFL, but being a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. There's an added pressure, and there is an unfair expectation at times. But I will say with Carson, again, I'm never going to ask him to not hold on to the football and not try to extend plays. Like That is why you wanted him over Jared Goff. If Jared Goff, right. if the Eagles had the first overall pick in 2016, they were taking Carson Wentz. I just will say, though, like you said, you got to find that balance. And when you're up 17 to nothing, this is also on the play calling, so I'm blaming both Wentz and Doug Peterson here, but you've got to understand the situation, get the ball out quicker, and be more creative. And I want them to force the ball. I want them to be aggressive. But again, the situation against this Washington team, the only way they were going to get back into the game is if you let them. And four turnovers from right. Wentz in this offense is what, again, the Eagles lost this game. Washington didn't win it. So why, why did they turn over the offense so well? 
well last year down the stretch. Like, why did they get better? Is I think Carson Wentz found that balance of when to extend plays outside the pocket, when to hold on to the football, and just give your receivers a little extra time. But he also knew when to trust Miles Sanders and dump it down, when to trust Boston Scott and just get positive yardage and move the chains. And today, I think not only he struggled with that balance, but I think the entire offensive unit did as a whole. So it sucks, man, and it doesn't get easier because you've got the Los Angeles Rams next week. Mm-hmm. I t- yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you you hope you get healthy really quick. You, How do you, you get though? I mean, <laughs> look at all you, the names you, that dropped even after, like before the game. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, how, you are down... the, how are you going to put the blame on Carson when he's down Miles? He's down Lane Johnson. They really missed Sanders today. He was playing right guard. Nate Herbig is taking right guard tackles. Jack Driscoll, who we didn't even mention in the offseason, is your starting right tackle. <laughs> like, what more do you want the guy to do? I, it stinks because, yes, there's. it, it was a big in-division game. We knew that the spotlight was going to be on Wentz with so many guys hurt. But at the same time, Zach Ertz drops that ball on fourth down. I feel... Jalen Rager on that deep ball from once or uh, late in the first half in that second quarter there, I feel he could have did a better job making a play on the ball. I feel on both of the interceptions, the wide receivers could have made a better play on the ball. That late fourth down, you're off sides. That third and 10, Jim Schwartz is playing off coverage once again and just Ugh, allows Washington it. to push the ball down the field. There's so much blame to go around, and that's what I'm saying, like, Wentz is going to be rightfully rightfully and wrongfully blamed for this Mm -hmm. game a lot, but he definitely has to increase his odds of getting rid of the ball. But at the same time, Doug, he talks about self-scouting so much. You have to know that your quarterback, yes, he is hard-headed at times, but you have to know, say, okay, Carson, we're running a a five-yard slant route here. Like, we're going to do it on on second and ten. We're not going to run the football. We're only averaging 3.4 yards a carry, but we're going to get the ball out quick to Deshaun Jackson. We're going to run a jet sweep to Jalen Rager, like you had said. Like, why didn't they? Why didn't we see that? Why no didn't idea. we see a screen to Greg Ward? That's what we were waiting for the whole game. Even you know, Boston this, Scott. Yeah, when this, did they get the ball to Boston Scott in space? They right. didn't. This offense and this defense both played like they were missing the personnel that they actually now have. This offense made it seem like they didn't... Yeah, and I think in the first half they did. They were targeting Jackson down the field and Rager, but for the majority of the game, especially the second half, they played like an offense that didn't have that speed option to go to in the short and intermediate level. And the defense with Jim Schwartz, again, like you said, man, this guy on still third and short is playing 10 yards off the ball as if he's got Razul Douglas out there and... Chandon Sullivan, and he can't afford to have those guys play up at the line because they're going to get roasted. You have Darius Slay now. You have Nikel Roby Coleman. Right. Avante Maddox was having a great game. The secondary was on lockdown for a majority. I mean, Terry McLaurin, again, I didn't hear his name until the fourth quarter, and yet Jim Schwartz was still coaching, scared at times, like he was still having that weak cornerback group that he doesn't have anymore. He's got a good trio of man-on-man coverage corners that can play up at the line and not get roasted even without a safety over top. And so the defense, again, they've got to get blamed too. I think this is mostly on injuries, the offensive line, Doug, Carson. But like we keep saying, man, this is a complete team effort of this, this collapse. Totally. I mean, yes, they had short fields, and that's what I'm getting people are talking to me right now about on on Twitter. But at the same time, like, we talk about the situational downs. Like, yes, they played good in the first half, but in the second half when it mattered, did they play well? 
No. Like if you're gonna say if you're gonna say that about the the defense, you have to say that about the offense too. Right. Carson I think even Lynch Carson was twelve on... for fourteen before yeah. he went awry and started pushing the ball down the field. Carson like I totally on the one understand. drive was um they're they're up I think seventeen to seven still at that point, and there's a third and four, and he's got uh, Jalen Rager right over the middle of the field, totally misses it, throws it at his feet, right. and then the very next play. Or it was second down and short. And then a third down, you've got Greg Ward over the middle wide open, and he missed the throw. So there was just too many plays that you wanted to have back, man. It was a. This is one of the more frustrating football games I've watched right. in a long time, and the Eagles have played a lot of frustrating ones over the past two years. Right, man. I mean, what they had going to their advantage last year was having the ability to pound the ball late and really milk those minutes yeah. off of the clock, and you didn't have that. And it was back to what we saw from Wentz in 2016 of forcing the football and what we've seen in 2018 and 2019 of Wentz trying to force it. Like, I, I saw you tweeted on that one, that third down call, where they did that, like, lob pass on oh the fade God, to yeah. Sean Jackson. On third and three. Why are we calling this play? Like, I don't think Doug Peterson had a good game either. Like, no. I really don't. And it was too basic. He's usually it was good, the same. Even on play, like, Gino, they ran so much play action, but you didn't even have him roll outside the pocket. It's play action. You have him just sitting there getting fed to the dogs that was this Washington defensive line that was mauling the Eagles front. They had no chance. Carson had no chance. He had no time. The receivers had no time to separate. And that's the problem is, again, we can, me and you have gone around and made a lot of good points about other reasons the Eagles blew this game because I don't want to just blame it on injuries. They should have won regardless of them. But again, how do you keep overcoming heading into a season opener with no preseason and you're losing seven starters and then in the game you lose how many more? You lost Brandon Graham today, you lost Vinnie Curry, um, you lost Jack Driscoll for a period of time, you lost Boston Scott, went back to the locker room, all you had was Huntley and Corey Clement. You just And even Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, there was something not right about him. He kept coming in and out of the lineup. You saw a lot of John Hightower today, of Greg Ward, of, mm-hmm. of course, Rager. It was this kind of this committee-like approach at receiver. But even Deshaun, you could tell from the jump that his something wasn't right with his shoulder or his arm. It's like, I, I can't explain it, man. I don't know how they can just keep going on with this issue. And there's no... There's got to be something to pinpoint it to, but I just... We can't explain it because it's all different kinds of players each year that are suffering serious injuries. There's no trend that you can point to and say, this is what we got to fix. Totally, man. I mean, just continuity alone, like that's what we talked about. Yeah, of course you're going to start slow. Your starters aren't ever together. Was Herbig and Driscoll ever reported on the field together in training? Matt Pryor was a lineman all of camp and he didn't even see the field today. That's what I'm saying, like. Who gets into these scenarios? I totally am just at a shock. Like we know that Stoutland is a very good coach in his own right, but when you just don't have any continuity when you're putting guys out there who didn't even record snaps together in a preseasonless preseason, it's gonna be a complete debacle against a very good young Washington unit who I was a year off. They're they're good in 2020, man. They have a good young core. They totally do, and I don't think the Eagles attack their weaknesses at all. I have to say that Del Rio did a great job in his defensive unit there. They got after Carson Wentz. 
what the Eagles should have did is what the Giants did in the last year of Eli Manning to the Philadelphia Eagles when they just got the ball out in 1.8 seconds. Just screen, screen, screen them to death. Like, because mm-hmm. I totally think you could have ran by Darby. I totally think you could have ran by Fabian Moreau. I totally think like you could have Jalen Rager did Moreau. twice. I mean, Rager had them both beat. I cried tears of joy when Rager beat Darby on that 55-yard catch. I totally agree, and you were just going to things that worked at first and you didn't adjust, and Mm -hmm. I don't think Schwartz adjusted his defense enough in the second half. Because, I mean, scenario defense, like, you know it's third and ten, you know you have to get a stop, you have to play press defense, and now, like you said, you have to be able to do that. Doug Peterson has to realize in red zone territory, on that field goal that Jake Elliott missed, it was like Dallas all over again a couple of years ago on that that Darren Sproles uh, screen pass, you yeah. know? It, why is Carson Wentz dropping back 10 yards? It, all around, it was just a complete debacle. Next week, you hope, quote-unquote, these guys that they held out for the long haul, which is apparently like what they were doing by holding out Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders, are healthy next week because ultimately I think that game matters a lot. I don't think you lose again to Washington, if that means anything in the grand scheme of things. We are in week one. I'm not going to say the wheels are completely falling off. You oh, saw yeah. a lot of good things from both sides of this team. I'm going to say that somebody who also always likes to look at the good, I thought Carson in the first half was excellent. I thought Dallas Goddard looked very good. I thought the young receivers had shining moments. They all could have definitely done a little bit better. But the young offensive line hurt them. And defensively, I still think the downfall is Nate Geary. I mean, when it's fourth down and one and he is blocking an offensive player into the legs of your player who is pursuing the ball carrier, Jannard Avery, you just have no reason to be on the field. I think I've played a good game besides him, ultimately. And Malik Jackson, dude, looks rejuvenated. I think when you have games from Darius Slay like you did today where I thought he played pretty well, I thought Avante Maddox played well, Coverage-wise, I thought everybody played well. Just when things had to go right and late in the game, they didn't, and the offense put them in some rough positions. But at the same time, both play calling on offense and defense hurt them. The players capitalizing off of turnovers on Washington hurt them. Giving them such good field position hurt them. You have to self-scout and understand that. And Doug Peterson has to get his game calling on point. I mean, there's situationally, he's not the best play caller at times either. So, I mean, you have to get a lot of things right before next week. It is week one, though, and that's what I want to just calm down about. Like, we, there's oh, been yeah. no preseason. Nobody's got any live reps. This is all we saw today. It, it's a long, long season. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, we're not the podcast that's going to scream the sky is falling considering what we've seen the last two years. I told myself at the end of last year I'm never going to overreact to anything again until an Eagles season is officially over because you have no idea how it's ever going to play out. You can never really predict an Eagles season. And uh, you could not predict the way that game went today. It's just frustrating the way they lost Geno more than them just losing. Like, I do understand there was no preseason. Week one is always weird. The Eagles kind of always struggle out of the gate like they did last year against Washington. They were down 17 nothing. They were slow on offense in 2018 against the Falcons. Even, I don't know why I'm going so far back, but 2014, they're down 17 nothing to Chad Henney and the Jaguars. So this is kind of just... Right par for the course. It's just frustrating because I wanted to come on this podcast and there was just so much to like about that first half performance. I mean, again, Carson Wentz looked 
like a spitting image of what he was in 2017. He was comfortable moving around. He was pushing the ball down the field. That deep ball to Rager on Darby was a thing of beauty, and he kept pushing it. You could tell the confidence he had in the speed of that group and the deep ball to Dallas Goddard. I mean, we already talked about Goddard, but that's a guy that looks like somebody that I don't want to break the bank on Ertz if he's going to, if Goddard's going to make those kinds of plays. And it's so many different dynamic plays that Ertz can't make. It's the one, the one play, it was like a screen pass. Goddard puts his foot in the ground and he makes a man miss and picks up the first down. And that deep ball, the way he tracked it, you know, completely flipping his body Dallas Goddard was great today. There was just so much to like about that first half, and it just, the wheels fell off. And that's the frustrating part, again, is that if Washington would have won this game in a shootout, you can kind of say, okay, they deserve to win that game. That's what sucks is this is a kind of loss that an experienced team like the Eagles should just not suffer against this, yeah, a young, promising Washington team that we both like a lot of their drafts every single year. We kind of give them props, but... The Eagles are on another level, or they should have been, and they should be 1-0, so that that sucks. That's the part that I think stinks, but ultimately, you hope this is an early like punch in the face, an early knockdown in a boxing match where you're like, okay, we thought we were a lot better than we were. Clearly not so, especially with the injuries. I mean, I think this team, that first half definitely went to their head a little bit. I think they definitely got a little bit too excited. That's and the they thing, really they looked that good. They looked as good as they right. thought they were. That's that's what sucks. Like, they looked complete. Right. You know how in 2017 where, like, they would get out to those early leads and then they would settle into games and things would still be clicking for them. Right. But at the same time, they never really settled in. Yeah. They kind of just got off the tracks late on and they didn't get into a great scheme of play calling. I only think in the second half they really got into a groove when – uh, there were a couple big Corey Clement runs and then that big pass to Dallas Goddard, which ultimately uh, I think led to it, that short uh, Jake Elliott field goal. But besides that, things in the second half really fell off. But you hope next week that Doug Peterson can continue his dominance over Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. And being at home, it definitely, I would say, would be an advantage to Washington with that fake piped in noise today you definitely heard it i'm sure that that had something to do with it as well but ultimately it comes down to the guys that are on the field and the 11 players that are on the field and offense wasn't enough the play calling wasn't enough the coaching wasn't enough with this much time to game plan for washington i thought they would come out better suited and have a better way to attack them than just trying to throw deep balls 90% of the time. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they're great, and yes, we haven't seen them, but right, at the same time, yeah. you have to find your balance. Yes. You really do. Yeah, that was the big issue today. I think that's a perfect word to use is balance, and they did mm-hmm. not find that on offense today. And the other word is injuries, and uh, you know, hopefully next week they can get Lane Johnson back. They desperately need that. Um, we'll see the severity of Brandon Graham's injury. It looked like a head injury. He looked really wobbly coming up. Vinny Curry did not look good. He was out with a hamstring injury. He couldn't put weight on his, I forget what leg it was, but Lane Johnson was helping him on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. They need Miles Sanders back. Javon Hargrave, hopefully you can get back. Derek Barnett. There's a lot of key players that they're going to bank on this year that were not available in this football game, and that's something we can use all of these points, and they're all valid. They're they're all valid reasons why the Eagles lost, but again, you can't keep asking a team to save themselves when they're missing so much of their core. And this year, the bad part of the injuries is they're all up front on both sides, Mm -hmm. and that's where the Eagles have made their money 
throughout not only the Doug Peterson era, but the Andy Reid era as well, was a strong offensive line and a strong defensive line, and that allowed Donovan McNabb to do things with Todd Pinkston and allowed Carson Wentz last year to do things uh, with Greg Ward. So they've that's the big thing. They have got to get healthy or else this season, it doesn't matter what else happens, they're not going anywhere, or they're never going to reach that ceiling, Gino, even if they pull a rabbit out of the hat again and make the playoffs down the stretch at nine and seven. We were talking so much this summer about not wanting to have to do that anymore, to start fast and to be able to finally compete for home field advantage and to start positioning yourself better. Like in 2017, where you're comfortable midway through the year and we're just, we haven't been comfortable since. Yeah, I I think that's a good way to put it. And I thought early on in the game we put a lot of questions to bed from the last couple seasons like we saw them score 17 points in the first half that's yeah, something we didn't fast, see a finally. lot in the last couple of years mm-hmm. we saw them push the ball down the field multiple times throwing it what 55 yards to Jalen Rager yep. on that third and 22 and getting it down the field to Deshaun Jackson and trying to push the ball to John Hightower and getting Boston Scott involved in the run game, and I thought even Corey Clement looked more explosive this time around. But when it was all said and done, it just came down to basics and winning in the trenches. And the unit that the Eagles have focused the most on the last two years, the offensive line, it really was their downfall, man. I mean, say what you want about a lot of the sacks. Eight of them is egregious. I would say at least two of them could be on Carson, but at the same time, Ones where you're waiting to push the ball down the field, like that last one, that last fumble. You were you saw John Hightower pushing down the field and mm-hmm. where Carson was looking. That's what you want to see out of him. But at the same time, if he doesn't have two and a half seconds to throw the ball, they're not going to run the offense the way we wanted them to run it. And you and I have been saying it. We want them to push the ball down the field. Oh, yeah. Carson Wentz has this great arm, but if he can't use it, what's it good for? I mean, right. it, yeah. it's it quite unfortunate. Like- it seemed like Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz have missed that element of the offense so much that when they got a little taste of it, when they hit Rager on that 55-yard bomb, when they hit Dallas Goddard on that 34-yard touchdown, Deshaun Jackson had a 27-yarder, they got a taste and they wanted more. And the game, the situation today just wasn't going to warrant that continuing to happen with how your offensive line was decimated with injuries, with the way they were playing, with how Washington was abusing that front, and with a 17 to nothing lead. Again, it's a balance and it's understanding in-game situations, knowing when to take your shots and knowing when not to. We want the identity of this team to be aggressive. We want Carson Wentz to push the ball down the field. It's why you draft Rager over a Justin Jefferson. You just, it was a little bit too much today. For sure. Yeah, I think they got a little pass happy for a while. And, and it's kind of got, fair. It's understandable. The run game was, like you said, dude, it was terrible. It was. I mean, you, could, you couldn't do anything. And I, I don't know why the Eagles insist on rushing to their weak side of their line yeah. when they have players injured. Like, they've done it so many times, and it just it baffles me. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And I, I don't think they had any help in the run game today and like you said if if you can lean on Miles Sanders to run it 17 times and even average four yards a carry you're gonna have a better opportunity to win than you did today and there were a lot of things to like man and that's what stinks is that as you and I are two people that like to see the good in a lot of what the Eagles do it's gonna be overshadowed by a lot of the bad that they had come in in that second half and it's quite unfortunate. But next week, that, that's what matters. I think 
both you and I were under the presumption that next week matters a lot more than this week does because I don't think you lose to Washington again, as I had said. I think the Rams in the grand scheme of thing are going to be playing for a playoff position like you are, and they're going against Dallas tonight, so we'll see a good test of both of those teams that we're going to see three times combined the the rest of the year. Yeah, I think to put a wrap on the offensive talk is um, I didn't have an issue with them throwing the football as much as they did. Carson Wentz went 24 of 42, 270 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked eight times. They had to throw the football. Boston Scott, Corey Clement, they weren't getting the job done. The offensive line wasn't getting the job done. You needed Lane Johnson. You needed Miles Sanders for that balance. It's just the way it's this, It's the decisions they were making in the pass game is what the frustrating part was. Gino, it felt a lot like 2018 when you had Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood and an inconsistent Corey Clement who then eventually got injured and Darren Sproles comes in. It just felt like you had no run threat whatsoever. So yeah, there's times where the pass game would work in 2018. Um, let's say the start of that divisional round against the New Orleans Saints. But then when it struggles, when it struggles today... When it struggled at the end of last year, what could you turn to? Miles Sanders. What could you turn to today in the backfield? You didn't have that. So that's when I hate when people say running back doesn't matter, man, because the Eagles have seen hmm. a lot two of the last three years, that it, the last three years, I should say, that it does matter. It definitely does, man. D- uh, not to the extent that I would pay Delvin Cook and Elvin Kamara as much yeah. as they did. Yeah, they got paid this weekend, yeah. Having somebody that's reliable – is huge and I I don't think you had that and what was the message when we were saying going into 2019 is we want Wentz to have a reliable running game to where he didn't have to press it as much and this game reminded me a lot of that stretch when Wentz came back from his back injury in 2018 where it was yeah he did throw for some decent touchdowns like that Colts game for example it was an ugly game but at the same time Wentz continued to press. He continued to put the team in some poor positions. And as the quarterback of the football team, it does come down to you at the end of the day. And he he definitely needs to take care of the ball more. But at the same time, as a unit, everybody has to step up. You can't just put it on one guy. This isn't the NBA where LeBron James can just win you a a football game. It's an 11-man unit. And when seven of them are healthy and four starters are down on offense it's gonna stink Uh, these games are gonna be ugly which we saw today and I don't think it's gonna get too much better next week I still think you're gonna be banged up a little bit but you're gonna get Miles Sanders back eventually you're gonna get Lane Johnson back eventually this defense should settle in Carson Wentz should continue to work on getting consistency with the rookies I believe the running game will get better. I believe the play calling will get better. And at the end of the day, it's week one. Like I'm glad that we're talking about this now than week 13 when mm-hmm. we have to go on a, a four-game win streak to get into the playoffs. Like I'm, I'd rather have this game happen now, yeah. much like that Detroit game and that Atlanta game we saw uh, a couple years ago. At least we saw the flash of what we think this team could be in the first half. That's the good thing is it wasn't just four terrible quarters where an inferior team is handling you. You saw this, the ceiling of this football team in the first half, or maybe not even the ceiling, you saw what they could do even without all the injuries, and that's what makes me feel a little bit better is you remove that collapse, and this team looks like the team that we were really excited about 
in the offseason, but nonetheless, they fall to 0-1. The Washington football team goes to 1-0, 27-17. The Eagles were up 17-0 in the first half, and then Washington goes on to score 27 unanswered. A look at the box score before we wrap up the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. Again, Carson Wentz finishes 24 of 42, 270 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. He had two fumbles as well, sacked eight times. He took a beating today. In the run game, Boston Scott, nine carries for 35 yards. Corey Clement, six for 19. Overall, only 57 rushing yards on 17 attempts. In the receiving game, Dallas Goddard leads the way with eight catches for 101 yards and a 34-yard touchdown. Jalen Rager, his first catch of the year was a 55-yard bomb over Ronald Darby. Deshaun Jackson, two catches for 46. Greg Ward, 5 of 31. Boston Scott, 2 of 19. Zach Ertz, 3 of 18. He scored the first touchdown of the game. And then Corey Clement had two uh, for two yards. And then on defense... One awesome sack by Josh Sweat, Gino. I'm sure we'll get into him tomorrow on Stock Up, Stock Down. And then Vinnie Curry and uh, Duke Riley both had a half a sack. Nate Geary leads with 10 tackling, but uh, he was not very good. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me give credit to uh, T.Y. McGill had a half a sack, as did Jannard Avery. So some of the backups got in the sack total. I thought Duke Riley had a pretty good game, sir. Yeah, he did. I thought he covered Antonio Gibson. But we on the defense, too, Gino, to wrap this up. One thing that continues to hurt this team is the undisciplined um, decision-making of linebackers like Nate Geary. Of, it drove me nuts. Jalen Mills is passing off. I forget who it was in the, late in that game on a Steven play Sims. action. Yeah, Steven Sims. He passes him up to go after Dwayne Haskins. Like, assuming there's somebody there, like, use your eyes first. I hate, again, I like that this team's aggressive on both sides of the ball, but they're never, there's so much, there's so many times where they lack that self-awareness like see that nobody is by Sims and make to me I would rather let Haskins try to get that first down and crash the football um, than Haskins hit Sims there and it's just like it's a lot of the same issues on defense too that I think are going to go overlooked because everybody's going to go after Carson Wentz totally I feel bad for him again I mean it happens to him a lot where he's out of the brunt but that's what happens when you're the quarterback in the National Football League and you do have a little bit of a rough outing, and here we are again in a, a slow start scenario where things don't go our way early on in the season. We're talking We're about injury. <laughs> We're talking about, but yeah, it's Eagles football, man. Like I knew this was going to be the conversation we we're going to have either this week or next week, and and here we are. It, it's always fun. It keeps you on your toes, and we'll see how this team responds. And that's what it ultimately comes down to: adjustments. They didn't have them in the second half, and hopefully, they have them next week. They never make anything easy for sure. The Eagles 0-1, they lose 27-17 today against the Washington football team. Up next is the Los Angeles Rams next Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. Me and Gina will be back tomorrow on Lockdown Eagles. We've got a whole nother slate a week of podcasts, four to six a week, downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to the show on any podcast platform or on LockdownEagles.com. Stock up, stock down, returning to the podcast lineup tomorrow. Until then, follow us on Twitter, always talking birds after the show, at LockdownBirds, at DiBiaseLOE, and at Gino underscore LOE. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. This has been the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. We'll see you tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go Birds.